You're listening to Wow Ergonomics with Graham Cove and Stephen Howe. Afternoon, everybody. It's midday on Wednesday, which can only mean one thing. It's me and Steve with Wow Ergonomics. How are you, Steve? I'm pretty good, thank you, Graham. We are one week closer to the return of children to school. So I think yes. everyone's feeling a lot better, aren't they? There's uh, a collective sigh of relief around the country as the uh, as the offspring of the UK, uh, or certainly England, are, are due to return on, on Monday or at some point next week. So I think we're all feeling a little bit better from, uh, from that realisation, aren't we? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um... I mean, it's not been too bad for myself, I have to say, um, and and I'll probably get stones thrown at me now um, because <laughs> my youngest have been <laughs> in school, yeah. um, uh, you know, and, and that's because my wife is a critical care worker. Um, and also it's pretty difficult from my point of view, it's pretty, pretty difficult to uh, be trying to homeschool young people when you've got to do broadcasts. It doesn't really, those two <laughs> things don't go together. Um, no. You know, there are, cert, there, are certain, there are certain roles and certain jobs that, uh, you know, maybe allow you to be a little bit more flexible and sort of work around it. And then there are other things where uh, it just doesn't work. So, but no, um, I'm glad, I'm glad they're all going back to school. Um, I think from a socialisation point of view, it's really important. Um. I think any sort of damage to their education, shall I call it damage, or any any kind of sort of falling off from their education uh, has happened now, if if it has happened. I think, to be honest, with the older ones that they've they've been taught really well all the way through, I can't see that there is any deficit there, et cetera. Um, there is talk of there is talk of summer school though for some that have got a deficit. Yeah. I'd be uh, interested to see how they how issue. they manage that. I mean, how how on earth do you manage something like that? Because you know, whilst we were told not to book summer holidays, lots of yep. people have gone and booked them. So, so what 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 then happens if if you are offered a week or a, a set number of days for your child to go in and do that, and you've already booked a a family holiday? It's the only time you can get off. Now, obviously, I guess it won't be mandatory, but you know, it's it's. I mean that's just another another issue that's sort of being kicked further down the line, isn't it? Is how on earth are you going to manage the, the whole process around that? Yeah, well let's just, let's just break that down for a minute. Actually, when we were told that we weren't to book summer holidays, I think we were told not to book. Predominantly, we were told not to book holidays abroad. Um, I don't know that anyone was really f- told not to book as long as it was in advance a holiday in this country. Mm. um i'm 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 pretty certain that the the chancellor uh who um of course is doing the budget today would be quite glad of the fact that we may actually stay in this country and spend a bit more money um mm. going abroad and actually you know as that hospitality industry actually is allowed to kick back in that we actually spend a bit of money in the in the pubs etc so I think, uh, I think the the difficult thing actually, the because well, I did a poll on this. Okay, <laughs> you now I do a poll. There's on surprise. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I I think the, the general thing was that there was a lot of feeling that it shouldn't happen necessarily for from the teaching point of view because mm. teachers have worked all the way through this. It's it's a little bit um, a lot of people felt it's a bit unfair for teachers. To then have to work through their their holiday, uh, you know, and actually they perhaps need that time to prepare for the for for next year, etc. And you know we're going to see burnout from teachers. So I think some of the unions might have something to say about <laughs> uh, any kind of schooling in the summer, etc. I don't know. Um, I mean, you, again, you're right though. Yeah, you're right about the teachers' breaks. I mean, I've seen some of my my youngest son's in year five, and I've seen some of his work being marked and returned on a Saturday evening or a Sunday morning. And you know, it's um, I think there's a bit of a misconception that the teachers of uh, if the if the if the kids aren't in, the teachers aren't in. Absolutely, they are, and I think they're they're probably working um, as if not a lot harder than they have been previously. So you know, you don't want to see 
their breaks you know they need to go away and recharge their batteries and come away in september when let's be honest we're just going to sort of i mean this school year is halfway done isn't it let's be honest we just got to we just got to see it through and really come back on the first or the fourth or whatever it would be of september all sort of um all systems go really and hopefully we are past the sort of extended school lockdown periods and really go for it there but i think everyone needs the the summer break i think be interesting to see how they do it will they do it through tutors you know maybe leaving the the teaching community out of it uh, i don't know what the, the plans would be but i can see some of the benefit but i think it's probably got quite a few potential issues in the in the sort of the the mechanics of it all working but i think you know certainly for some children if they need it absolutely it should be there but i don't think it's as straightforward as saying you're coming in this week or that week because it may not necessarily fit with um, with other plans potentially. But I think that the, the sentiment is certainly right. But whether whether impinging into the the summer holidays of children and teachers is the right way, I'm not too sure. Maybe before and after school, a bit of extra work here and there might be more appropriate than 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 sort of digging into the holidays. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. If anyone's got any opinions on that. Please do uh, use the comments if you're watching and, and, and you know, hit us up with uh, your opinions on that and we'll be happy to discuss them. Now, obviously, I mentioned earlier there today that it is budget day. Da -da -da, the budget. So uh, let's, ha let's have a little chat about the budget then. So uh, furlough scheme extended, mm. we reckon. We reckon that's that's definitely on the cards for today. Back so, end of sep back end of September is the what was what was being kicked around late last night, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, and I, and I think from from what I gather that you know the the main feeling is that well this should have always happened and it should have always been on the cards and maybe it was just actually uh, the chancellor shouldn't have waited necessarily to the budget to to announce this because firms need to actually know where they are with things but mm. uh, in terms of the furlough scheme um how do you think it's going to be enough to help businesses i, I watched a news thing last night about uh businesses in the west country and certainly a number of small business owners were saying that the main thing from their point of view was really uh, you know sort of holding off on paying business rates again um and that kind of business rates holiday and actually that you know uh just the furlough scheme in itself and and some of the other measures that might come forward will not be enough um if they end up having to pay rates again have, yeah. have you heard similar things from people i mean it, it's not an area i'm sort of hugely versed on but i've seen very you know similar sort of comments that you've mentioned there graham around and the business rates being quite crucial because I think sometimes you can fall into the habit of thinking, well, if if furloughs in place and it's paying wages, you know, well, what else is a company paying out? Now I know that's a you know quite a, a simplistic way of looking at it, but but that's been picked up by a number of organisations. I think the unions have picked up on that. I think people like the, you know the CBI and people like that, and a lot of leading businesses particularly retailers i think i was reading one of the the main guys at sports direct was picking up on that and saying it's really crucial that that whole business rate piece is is looked at because what's been hit the most by um by by what the, the covid situation yes you've had massive impact on on hospitality but hopefully you know we can start seeing those those sectors getting back soon but parts of the high street have gone and, and won't be returning will they so i think it seems to be the high street where there's a lot of focus on is around around business rates and actually structurally changing that going forward um because you know i think we're going over old ground potentially but it's still very very much an interesting subject is around the impact on the high street and what will town centers look like because i think yes they were already in big decline but I think we've said on a, maybe a call a few weeks ago that, you know, it's just been accelerated five or six fold, hasn't it? This this change in the high street. So, again, if we need if we want that to still exist in some form, business rates is what needs to be tackled. I think back on the furlough, pe furlough piece, you'd like to hope if we do get somewhere around that um, 21st of June, if everything goes to plan and we get there, maybe we can um, get the the hospitality um, sectors, the entertainment sectors, maybe we can get them back. Maybe they won't need to dip into the furlough scheme 
toward maybe that September the 30th is the absolute you know that's really extreme cases maybe we can get hospitality UK holidaying staycations whatever it would be maybe we'll maybe that will allow a lot of people to be taken off furlough a lot sooner so maybe we'd like to think that the furlough numbers or people on that scheme will be dramatically reduced by September if hospitality etc which is one of the biggest draws on that scheme is able to get up and running so you know people booking UK holidays decent weather hitting that mm. 21st or whatever it is of June if we can get there maybe that will help and maybe that's very much a safety net but we can get it addressed before then I think the other thing that was quite interesting that's coming off some of the TV reports as well is that um, the different ways in which different companies are using the furlough scheme. So it's not as clear cut. Um, some some companies are only paying or some companies are using the furlough scheme and are actually saying to their employees, uh, we can only pay you at the furlough rate. Whereas other companies, in order to maintain their staff, are mm. are still topping up the furlough with their contribution. So there are different ways in which employers are are, are utilising that. Um, and so, therefore, I mean, there was a guy that owned a chain of uh, restaurants on the TV last night, and he said, well, you know, but we're still paying the 20%, and that 20% for us was, I don't know, I can't remember exactly what he said, but something like 560000 or something over mm. the period. You know, it was a huge amount of money. Yeah, yeah. And he said, we've got no money coming in. No. So uh, it, the, whilst the furlough scheme is, is a massive support for businesses, I think depending on how people are actually using that, uh, or having to use it in order to main, you know, keep staff uh, on on the books, as it were, then they're still losing out. And um, mm. yeah, the ramifications of this long term, in terms of, and we've mentioned this before, you know, what's going to happen in terms of taxes or interest rates and everything else, and and how that's going to hit the consumer, you know, twelve months down the line in uh, in their pocket, etc. Uh, that's that's when we really understand the full extent of this. I think um, yeah. at the moment, you know, what's happening is what's happening, and and it's there to try and keep us for, from completely sinking. But uh, I think we're all going to be a little bit shocked a year from now. I think so. I mean, it's probably a bit too simplistic to say, but you know, the, the quicker we can get back to to. <laughs> People being able to holiday, able to shop, able to eat in restaurants, etc. You know, the, the sooner we can do that safely, that just starts having an instant benefit, doesn't it? You know, I think that's what the really important thing is. We've just got to get to that point. And if we can get and normality isn't the right thing because it won't go back to what it was. But if we can, we can all start socialising and doing things and spending money, etc. Um, that that's that's going to help isn't it really you know that's what we really need to get back to is i do think actually you know going back and tying it into the schools piece graham i think if we, once school children go back i do think that's the first sort of step in in getting the economy moving again because you know there, there are a huge amount of people who aren't able you mentioned your children going into school absolutely under the key worker piece but lots of people out there with with both parents working who don't qualify for that and you know, are probably maybe only able to do three or four hours of their normal day. So once the children do go back, is that the first sort of boost to the economy getting back to normal that actually the children are back in? Um, you know, you start getting the impact of the fact that the companies who supply the schools with food then start operating, their drivers start operating, there's a high demand for food in those areas. So it all sort of starts to, the snowball begins to start, doesn't it really, with the return of schools. And we just need to hope that we, those dates that have been set out can be hit and it just becomes very much a ramp up over the next three three to four months and of course you know some good uk weather would be good um you know a nice warm summer um those things can can only be good can't they in, in a in a positive way we've got to look at this positively those are the yep. sort of things that can 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 actually get us out of this and get us then going as we as we get into september and the and the, the later stages of this year and into next year yeah, absolutely. Um, we're throwing Adam's uh, comment at this point. Yeah. Adam Cowper-Smith, thank you for your comment on, on teachers' pay. He's he's pointing out that teachers' pay is prorated. So actually, you know, if, if if teachers do do this 
additional work in the summer that it's of absolutely no benefit uh, benefit to them whatsoever from a fiscal point of view um and you know <laughs> uh, he said will the government offer enhancements for teachers who upper end schools uh so he, he's right he's uh and equally you know, we're, you know some 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 teachers might be more than happy to go in and do the work so you know absolutely they'd want to break but you know it very much that there could well be a a big portion who actually would be quite glad to do that i mean you know not everyone necessarily wants a six-week break yes the kids want it but actually a working professional might go actually you know two or three is enough for me i'd really like to you know because they're a, they're a dedicated profession with you know focused on the on the children they may be happy to go and do that but absolutely they do need to be um their back pockets do do need uh, looked after as far as that's concerned and maybe maybe someone could be creative with it um, especially, you know, at primary school level, maybe it could be uh, if 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 that was a thing, you know, uh, maybe someone could use uh, uh, people that are teaching, uh, learning to be teachers <laughs> through the summer holidays. Yeah, maybe yeah. it can be, maybe it could be part of teacher teacher training experience. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm I'm being too simplistic in that that uh, yeah. that understanding of that. But you know, at the end of the day maybe there there can be some creative ways around that um if if it's absolutely necessary maybe maybe it won't but yeah so it'd be interesting to see uh what the budget holds today i'm i'm pretty certain it will be um one of these budgets where we won't actually get that many surprises um no. and and we will uh we we will know pretty much what to expect i i think there were some some sort of cause as to why we didn't you know why the, the chancellor didn't necessarily take more stringent action last budget you know knowing that uh and 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 sort of announce furlough etc you know and, and be really uh sort of proactive on that in the last budget but you know hindsight's a beautiful thing mm. um and you know we are where we are now and I, I i don't expect any particular surprises today but it will be interesting to see if there are any particular parts of the economy that uh, that that are struck by this this budget, and perhaps we'll come back to it again next week if there are any surprises. Yeah, so absolutely, uh, there, there may be. Now, one of the things that uh, we picked up again on today from a poll that I did this morning was this: still no DSE assessment. So, for those that don't know, um, uh, it, it, it's something we talk about most weeks. But display screen equipment assessment or an ergonomic assessment at work, a workstation assessment, whatever you want to call it, um, eighty-eight percent of people on the poll, as of now, are still saying I haven't had an assessment over the mm. past year. Now, I did one of these polls just after the first sort of month or so of lockdown happening the first time just to see where we where the uh, lay of the land was um as i explained to people this morning sometimes i do replicate the polls after a period just to see whether things have moved on uh mm. and you know whether we've actually managed to to learn anything and move on in, in terms of where we are but clearly it seems not um because we've probably got similar results this time as to, to last yeah. time um are you surprised by that number graham I'm not. I'm no. really not, to be honest. Um, it, I, I'm saddened by that. Mm. Uh, I, I'm saddened by it because, you know, at the end of the day, you'd hope with all of the effort that goes into trying to, to educate people as to, to, you know, why this is important um, and to a certain extent why, you know, it's a, a legality as well um that people might have actually taken notice but i'm not surprised because every day as you and i both know we come up against people that have absolutely no idea what a dse assessment is have absolutely no idea that uh that they should be um as they're working for a company i mean clearly obviously if this doesn't apply if you're self-employed and you're looking after yourself etc you know yeah. you're, you're you're in charge of your own health and so safety and well-being but if you're working for a company you are under their auspice and actually you you know it's a it's a requirement that that company makes sure both at induction uh, and then through your working life that they touch it basically it's a touch base with you to make yeah. sure that 
your working conditions are suitable for the work that you are doing and that uh, if there is any impact on you from a physical or mental well-being point of view that adjustments are made in order to accommodate you and help you work safely um you know and when you put it like that you'd think well who wouldn't want to do that mm. <laughs> but clearly people don't um so are you i mean are you shocked by it as a result no and, and when i threw back to you the word that sort of came into my head was disappointed really because you'd, you'd like to think with all this extra attention that's been focused on um working from home and, you know, we've all seen stories around people who are having, you know, pain from it. And we've gone over the dining room table scenario where a lot of people are working and are still working. Table too high, chair too low. I mean, I think I always think the dining room table is the one that really sort of highlights the issues, isn't it, really? Because of that, because of the type of chair it is at a dining room chair and the and, and the and the sheer sort of um uh, dimensions of the table being so out of kilter with an office desk that that's where there's been so many problems and i'm just dis i'm just sort of disappointed really that that more hasn't been done to address that whole piece i mean yes there clearly has been investment in in this sector but i think it's it's literally that it's it's scratching the surface there are so many businesses and organizations still not getting involved in it and and, and like we've said before graham we understand you know like we've just touched on the budget and businesses struggling etc but let's let's be honest there are lots of businesses who who've performed very well from from the pandemic in certain sectors it's not every business that's struggling you know, but it's not. But but this this it does seem to be an across the board situation where there is really really limited focus. Um, there are lots of organisations um, out there who we know who will offer remote assessments if people aren't comfortable with people coming to their house. It's not a lack of resource for me in terms of people doing the assessment. I think it's a lack of of either knowledge or desire for for businesses to go and really invest and support their their people working from home well i think this is the interesting thing because actually if you take it from the point of view of the first time i did this poll i i could actually see then that one of the issues ha having sort of been a workplace assessor myself and and knowing that things are kind of dried up on the you know commercial workplace assessment side for for a while that one of the issues was that no one really knew how this mechanism was going to work because typically uh, a workplace assessment was done in the office and it was done by an assessor visiting the office and you know we, we moved into a period where we were all locked down um, and there was a, a feeling that could we take this online shall we just wait you know maybe this will be over sooner rather than later and and therefore mm. you know this is a temporary measure and even we saw that within the hse uh sort of changes that were happening on on the guidance on the website uh that you know that initially they were talking about temporary measures and then that disappeared because they realized yeah. that this wasn't a temporary measure etc this this was going to be a longer term situation and we were all in flux with that but the point is now we're a year on um and we know we know what the the roadmap is we actually got a you know we've got a better understanding of the roadmap out of this but we've also got an understanding that there's an, uh, a lot of people that for one reason or another will not be returning to office space work anytime soon and 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 actually i'm going to throw this out there as well i wonder i just wonder within all of this because the the spotlight has been turned on this something i've known for years as well which is how many businesses even in the office actually bothered yeah you know this very few the spot the spotlight has been thrown on this more because people is this is affecting people at work at home and mm individual people have realized oh this is not right this is you know this is not comfortable i need this sorting out but how many how many companies have just never bothered with a workplace assessment at home as well 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got we've got some some more comments again. Adams back. I'm pleased yeah. to say the two companies I've worked at, uh, Endian's uh, Sodexo Integrator, have rigorously imposed DSE and HSC. Brilliant. Thank you Happy for that, Adam. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Mark Rigby says, <laughs> "Afternoon, guys. Let me know if no. you need any soap trivia. Not 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 no. today, Mark. But you uh, please no, wade in you. when it comes to uh, DSE." Um, and Alison says, Adam, that's good that HSE covered too. It's so often the missing piece for home workers. It is. Uh, um, but Adam, you are in the 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 minority there, I have Absolutely. to say, rather than uh rather than the majority. So it's it's interesting that companies are still not seeing this as a as a relevant piece. I, I just go back to what I've always said about it, which is if you were if you were thinking about this from a health and safety professional and your business was not office-based work but it was in a factory you'd be all over it yeah you'd be absolutely all over it all sorts of things you 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 would you know you would not be letting people use various machines in a factory without properly risk assessing how they use it you know, are they comfortable using it? Do they have the right equipment to use it, et cetera, et cetera? Make Graham, no... does that not come back to what we've said before, though? It, yeah. The, the, the regulations around DSE are, are, are guidelines, aren't they? Where what you're talking about there is hard and fast rules. So what we're saying is if someone's working in a factory with a piece of machinery that could cause inj- long-term injury, the, there is the risk and threat of fines and whatever it would be to directors, et cetera. But if you're an office-based worker using a piece of equipment that could cause long-term physical damage, same thing, it's a guideline. Therefore, there's no fine, there's no issue, there's no comeback on the directors, etc. So therefore, that's the, that, that's the crux of the problem, is it not? Is the fact that the, the whole DSE piece issued by, by, on the HSC website is not the law, it is a recommendation. Yeah. Is that not yeah, the, the whole... The whole the crux of the problem it is really i i I think the sooner that people start to realize as well that you know working at a computer is dangerous (laughs) (laughs) not because you're going to get electrocuted (laughs) no although you could um you know but from a point of view of what it can do to you if you do it long term without doing it properly etc without the right uh breaks away from it without the right kind of movement away from it etc in terms of musculoskeletal issues back problems migraines uh you know eye, eye strain etc it is actually dangerous okay nobody nobody thinks about it as being dangerous because it's not like you sit down in front of a computer and go if i do this wrong it's going to cut my finger off yeah but uh it 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 has it has long-term real physical uh side effects if if you if you don't do it properly so you know and anybody that's been an assessor that's been out there and that's actually seen people that have been at a computer for 30 or, or or more years um have not worked in the right way, uh, haven't had the, the right guidance, haven't had the right advice, and has ended up, you know, virtually, you know, unable uh, to 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 live life properly because of that. Knows what the impact can really be. So I'd you know, love to know. Yeah, I'd love to know, Graham. I'm looking back at, my, at the, the the companies that Adam called out, NG and Sodexo. I'd love, really love to know or hear from the person in that business that made the decision to do the DSE assessments. And Absolutely. The, you know what I mean? Almost to understand, okay, what is it that you that made you think that is so important to do when it is just a guideline? Because they're the sort of active reference organisations you need to almost drive and encourage other people onward. So what was it about, you know, what, what was it they felt was the reasons they needed to do something that was just a guideline? And that would be really interesting to find out what they think, what was what was part of their, their sort of um, policy, their culture. And maybe we can understand from that, okay, well, if that's why, why, why are other people missing out? That clearly isn't part of their culture and their, their dynamic. There's a task for Adam 
Adam, if you're still listening, if you could find yeah. the person that made that decision within that business, and uh, we'd love to we'd love to get them on the show another week just to understand yeah. the the culture behind the business that makes that positive decision because I think that's really important for people, other companies to hear. Um, and it's, it's it's a good advert for that business as well in terms of obviously getting their culture on point. So that's that's really, really important. Um, mm. Just to finish off on this particular subject, I think the other thing that uh, we talked about earlier before we came on air is that one of the other reasons why some companies may not have gone for the assessment piece is because they've just thrown money at it. And they just think we have just offered to buy people equipment and that's fine. Um, but I just have to say it's the wrong way around. What, which, yeah. how, whichever way you look at it, it's the wrong way around. Yes, I think it's important that you that you provide equipment. And in certain bits of equipment, I think you can say, yeah, you know, this is a good starting point. Let's provide everybody with a laptop razor let's provide every riser let's provide everybody with a, 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 a you know mobile keyboard and mouse so that they they can sit properly wherever they are um but that doesn't stop you from doing the assessment piece and the assessment piece is separate always in this piece is always separate from from the provision of goods you know and ultimately it's a it's just benchmarking and and indexing at any particular point in that person's career with you you know what is their health like from a physical or mental point of view are you supporting that person properly have they got the adjustments that they need to be able to work safely uh, or not and therefore what intervention do you need to put into place and you can't you can't align that to product you have to that has to be a separate piece um and as someone pointed out on the poll earlier and thanks for pointing that out it doesn't mm. have to in the first instance that doesn't have to be an expensive piece you know you may need the help of a, an experienced assessor with certain people that then prop up and have problems but from a from an auditing point of view you can do it in a form you can literally do it on a Google form and just make sure that everybody signs off to say, yeah, these points are uh, have been covered. Now, I'd always say that uh, doing it with an assessor is probably better and you'll probably get a better uh, uh, you'll probably get a better response from each of your people because you tend to find that when people fill in forms, they do they do it to please the people in the company that yeah, are giving yeah. them the form. Yeah. Is that uh, what he whereas, wants me to say? Yes, I'll take it, that. Exactly. But from a legal standpoint, even if you made this thing on a piece of paper, gave someone a pencil and got them to fill in some boxes, you would be covering yourself. Um, and if it if it shows you at the end of it that there are a certain proportion of people in your company that are not feeling the support or the love at the moment, then that's got to be worthwhile in order to then be able to help them out individually say so, uh I've, i think we've said it till till the cows come home but i'm very surprised uh no i'm not surprised yeah. i'm very disappointed as you say that there is still no dsc assessment being done by by lots of people um with that in mind someone that wants to get everybody back to the office is uh yeah Golden yeah interesting interesting I mean, that, I, I, you read the article and, and you can sort of understand, you know, and I've said, there's been another article come out as well recently about, you know, people have had enough from working from home. And, and, and to be honest, that's probably right. I think a lot of people, you know, full time working from home in a lockdown with children at home is not what people envisage as, the, as, as work. So I think to, the, to, a, to a point, he has a point. But, you know, like we've covered on previous weeks and i think we discussed last week around stealth pay rises and things like that that's all very well wanting this nice let's all go back to the office but i don't think actually people want it full time they want some sort of mix don't they so i think it almost felt like a bit of a rebellion that comment against what a lot of people are doing it almost felt like no we're not doing it that way we're going to do it this way and i think i think there'll be a lot of pushback on that i think people will be delighted to go and interact with people socially as part of their week 
I don't still don't see a lot of people wanting to return to sitting behind a desk in an office in a city centre with a commute on either side five days a week. I just do not see it happening, Graham. I mean, for for me, for the people I speak to, people I interact with, I just don't see it. I just don't see it being something that people want. Yes, they want some of it. They don't want all of it. Now, to, to be fair and bring balance to the force in all of this, he may know his people really, really well. Um, yeah. And he may really understand his company culture really, really well. And I think one of the things that he, uh, that was said in the Golden, Golden Sachs uh, sort of statement was that, you know, this kind of working from home doesn't, doesn't work with our company culture. And maybe it doesn't, maybe, maybe it doesn't work for them. And, and I think we have to acknowledge that there are going to be some businesses where actually the working from home piece doesn't marry up with the company culture. Mm. Um, but I'm going to go back to something I've said before here, two things. One is, uh, for some of those companies, and I'm not saying necessarily Goldman Sachs, but for some of those companies, is your company culture right? Yeah. Now that that's that you know, <laughs> they feel like an attack on some of these people. But you have to question: Is your company culture right? If you've got people at your in your business who, when you start asking them, want more flexibility, want hybrid working or want flexible working etc and your style of doing things doesn't really allow for that so have you either have you either taken on the wrong people and it's about the wrong fit or is there something wrong with your company culture mm -hmm. and i think a lot of businesses have got to ask themselves that at this time um, you know, have we got the company culture right? Now, you'd be hoping that actually in this period now between between now and when we start to actually see a lot more businesses head back towards the office, that businesses are reaching out to their staff and are asking their staff what they actually want, mm. as opposed to assuming that they know what their staff want. Um, because those are two very, very different things. You'd you'd hope that within a business where they actually have a, a really different management structure, where the where people work in teams more than they work in a hierarchical structure, and where people are, you know collaborating on a daily basis communicating on a daily basis and there's almost an equality there's a good equality within a team that actually management will actually already understand what their people really want mm. and what what what's there if a business doesn't understand that you again you you'd be thinking well do they not need to <laughs> actually look inward a little bit and think I don't actually understand my people and I don't understand uh, I don't understand this want for working from home uh, or or hybrid working and I need to I need to take some advice on how to move forward as a business what's, what's your view on that I, one of the things I know we've spoken about this subject probably for the, the length of the pandemic and one of the things you've always mentioned to me is around business structure and business management isn't it really and I think a lot of this is going to be getting the is potentially businesses home working working from home may not fit in with their current business structure um, and, and a bit like culture maybe it's the business structure that needs to change um, to integrate working from home because you know, I, th I think people have generally enjoyed it to some degree. They've enjoyed the flexibility. We've seen productivity level or if not increase. So from a business perspective, a lot of it is very positive. Um, I think businesses may need to look at their structure and potentially their culture, as you said, and their ethos, because if they're almost poo-pooing it, as it were, actually, 
is that the right thing to do? And one of the things I think we kicked around last week or the week before was around staff retention. The interesting thing will be, and, and, and we're not just, you know, we mentioned Goldman Sachs as they, was the, they were the article, but I'd love to know for companies who insist on people going back to the office four or five days a week um, when they can, you'd love to see what happens to their staff retention. That they, they surely, from a HR perspective, would have to be looking at from a, from a staff retention piece because those organisations that offer flexibility or continue to offer it long term, you would think are going to be A, able to hang on to talent and B, attract talent. Those organisations that insist on returning to work for considerable periods, if not whole of the week, against the will of a lot of their people, you'd, you, you're going to look and think, they're going to start having a very high staff retention. So almost, it's okay to say we don't want it and we're not going to do it. But I'd love to know six, 12, 18 months down the line, how much that changes when they start to see the impact of that regulation around around their staff. Yeah, I mean, let's take it on a very let's take it on a very personal level. I mean, obviously, I I, I will be allowing my staff to uh, work from home because I work with me at home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so yeah. that will happen. But Steve, I mean you 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 work within an organization, you were typically out on the road previous to this. I mean four days, maybe three four days a week, yeah. Yeah. So I mean throughout this whole period, presumably you've been sort of touching base with your your managers etc. I mean you've been having conversations around this. I mean do do you feel like um in respect that's actually worked out quite well that you've together gone on a journey in terms of well let's have a yeah. you know thinking about this sensibly together you know what what can we learn from this and how can that restructure the way that i work in the future is that is that not the way that management should be working with people yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, we're going forward, I think it will be less time out on the road. Out on the road, seeing people is still very important. But I think it's probably made, I know a lot of us in our in our organisation, so my colleagues in France and the Netherlands and Germany, et cetera, et cetera, we've looked at our activity and gone, actually, we could be more effective with that type of work by maybe doing it via a Teams or a Zoom call rather than going out and physically seeing someone in person because actually someone seeing you in person is maybe it may not suit them either so you have to look from both sides does it work for me does it work for the person I'm going to see so I think going forward we will probably I would never say we'll be doing two and a half days or, or three and a half days I wouldn't put a number around it I'd say it would allow a lot more flexibility to go actually could I be a bit more effective with that piece of work or with that that project by doing it remotely while still recognizing there's things I need to go and do face to face. So I think it probably has led to us all to almost challenge everything we're doing. Where in the past picked up the car keys and headed out the door, maybe thinking actually, could I be more effective for me and for the person I'm seeing to get the same, if not a better result by maybe having a 15 or 20 minute call that would fit into my um, diary as a work home day so I think I think it's 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 allowed us to do it and I think it's probably identified areas but I've spoken to other people people who I would previously go and see are saying the same thing back to say actually you know what Stephen we'd normally say meet with you once a month we still want to see you but going forward we think it should be every three months and therefore yeah. we're still going to have that social interaction but we're just going to replace some of our activity with a different way of communicating yeah exactly and so therefore i think it's about it's a, it's about you know you've you've assessed that situation the management have decided that you know ultimately this hasn't actually changed you know uh, the interaction that's there in terms of effectiveness so mm. It's now a case that you can actually ask the question. I mean, that's yeah. that's what it boils down to. You can now ask the question prior to any, uh, you know, visit with anyone. Whereas before, you you would just be thinking, right, tomorrow I'm seeing Graham. You know, I've got I've got to, I'm going to get in the car. I've got to got to drive down to the West Country. Um, you know, yeah. I've got to think about wh who else I'm going to go and see. I've got to plan my route. Do 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 do. 
Mm. Um, and that that's what I'm going to do. Now you can go, oh, okay, you know, Graham, I, I need to update you on this. Um, can mm. I schedule a call with you? You know, and then if in the throes of that conversation, I go, well, I really need to, I really need to see this at some point. You can go, okay, well, next time I'm within the area, then then we can do it. Stephen, you've turned into a circle. Sorry, there you are. I do yeah, apologise. Right. Technical technical yeah. glitch. Technical glitch in the room. Oh, it was, it was uh, for for anyone listening on Spotify. Stephen turned into a little circle there for a minute. He he was no longer yeah. a, a human being. But um, so yeah, I think it will. I think it will go that that way. Um, mm. Thanks to uh, all of the people that have been throwing comments in today, especially yeah, Adam. absolutely. I mean, you, you've been you've been writing essays, sir, which is which is brilliant. Um, you can come again. Yeah. Yeah, come again, sir. Uh, bigger organisations tend to have the processes in place, but it is still dependent on managers to deliver it, and most of them simply don't understand what their responsibilities are. That's really, really interesting, isn't it? I, a, a lot of them do not understand that uh, display screen equipment assessments need to be carried out. Um <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, wh wh where do we how, how, how do, we, do tackle we get that right how do we tackle that then yeah yeah i mean i, I mean how do who, who leads it who, who leads it is it the industry is it the government i mean is it a combination it almost feels like we're talking about it and we'll carry on talking about it but how we how do we change it can we can we influence it do we need someone else to influence it and change it for us well, I think we have to. I think we have to find ways of influencing and changing that in two ways. So, I think on the one hand, I think uh, it's down to bodies like uh, you know some of the ergonomic chartered um, uh, chartered organisations, etc., to actually maybe push for more legislation around it. Uh, I think it's also around not necessarily taking it all from. Uh, an ergonomics point of view as well so i think maybe some of it is to do with talking to to companies about culture and change uh, as much as it is to do with health and safety so i, I think it's a two-pronged attack really i think it is on on the, the so covering all the things that we're talking about on the one hand explaining to people that there is a real health and safety risk here if you don't do it but on the other hand there's a real opportunity here which is that actually, why wouldn't you want to be doing it? But actually, and it's something I've always talked to businesses about with regards to this. I've said, I've always said, you don't want to be doing this in a reactive way. You want to be doing this in a proactive way. And actually, you want to be thinking yeah. about it, not from the health and safety perspective necessarily, but actually from a culture perspective. What is it that you want to achieve as a business? Um and as if part of that is to grow a you know grow the business by building a team of people who actually really love being at work and and are aligned with your objectives as a business and believe in your your ethos as a business then one of the key things that you should have as one of your objectives as a business is to make your people healthy and happy yep because they're the people carrying your business forward for you. Um, and, and maybe beyond that, actually promoting as a business health and well-being. He said that's a really good title, isn't it? Um, you know, because yeah. if, if, if that becomes an objective of your, you know, part of your objective as a business is to actually promote on a worldwide scale as well, health and well-being, then you have to see that in action with your people. And, if you look at if you look at some of the bigger businesses that are supporting this scheme and are supporting their staff properly and are building great cultures, it's a no-brainer for them. It's an absolutely no-brainer for them. They they are doing it because they want those people to to prosper within the business so that their people prosper. You know, and, and their business. Do you know prospers. what, Graham? Just yeah, just go. To what we were talking for which sort of links in with this we talked before about the lack of dsc assessments and things like that but i always remember a conversation i had a few months ago with an organization that had about a thousand people across europe and they'd gone down the route of giving people money um which to me 
is is the worst thing that, that is one of the worst practices that's happened out of this is is expecting individuals at home to be able to buy the right equipment but when i asked why they'd gone down that route and not look to put not to identify a range of solutions themselves they didn't want to get involved in the um almost the asset management of accessories be it desks and chairs and you know all the things whatever you want to get into but again going back to the fact around larger companies being more organized etc uh, and we mentioned there about people being qualified and being aware this organization i spoke to didn't want to take on the responsibility of asset managing asset managing things kept at home and and that again sort of sort of staggered me really that they were quite happy to just give people the money so we're happy to invest but the way they didn't have to take on any responsibility or put management processes in themselves was to say, well, you buy it on expenses or whatever, and it's yours. It's nothing to do with our business. So, again, that was that was one of the things that came out. It sort of disappoints me with this whole giving people money is, is it just a way of, of copping out of actually managing the process properly? Well, I'll tell you what, here, here you are for a start. Hey, hey, there's some great asset management pieces of software which are really easy to use these days, so it's a bit of a cop-out anyway. Yep. Um, and secondly, the other thing is that, you know, uh, in terms of that, let your, you know, get your people the right guidance, get them an assessment, get them the, get them the right equipment at home, etc. cetera. Um, you know, get them to put it on the asset management system. All right. And if you're if if you if you involve your people in that process and you're doing it to make your people happy. Um, and they will want to get involved in that whole process, then, you know, the bit about, oh, but then what happens if we have to recall that asset because that person leaves the company? Right. You're you're thinking about it from the wrong point of view right from the start. You're yeah. already thinking about what if that person leaves the company? Well, is that person not the right person to be in the company in the first place? You know, exactly. if you if if you really believe in that member of staff, and you think this this member of staff is going to be a tremendous asset, ultimately, you know, if they work for you for four years or whatever, and they do a tremendous job and whatever, and at the end of the day, you lose a chair and a desk and a and a laptop, does it really matter? Because it was not part really. of the it was part of you know the package that 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 you know made them work effectively for you for that period of time yeah i mean <laughs> you know and ultimately you've actually by doing it the right way and trusting them etc you're more likely to keep them long term anyway so yeah you know it, it's it's the whole asset management thing what an, what an excuse there you go um a few other things mark rigby said Quite interestingly, employers are happy to spend uh, on training of software, but not on the ergonomic interaction of said equipment. So isn't that interesting? So it's, uh, you know, it's fine. Businesses think, well, yeah, it's, you know, someone doesn't know how to use Excel. Let's get someone in to teach them how to use Excel properly. Someone yeah. doesn't know how to use uh, this this database. Let's get someone in to, to train them on this database properly. You know, how to use Oracle, da, 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 da. spend a fortune on that, but not necessarily in terms of how to use all of that equipment safely. Yeah. What? what <laughs> why would you? It's crazy, um, isn't it? Crazy. It, 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 come, it comes back to down to it's, it's a similar analogy to, uh, yes, as a business, I am willing to buy you a brand new BMW, Stephen. But uh, I'm not you. going to. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not going to. Prepare, I'm not prepared to pay you to uh, learn how to drive it. <laughs> and you haven't got. You haven't got a driving license. Um, so that's that's great. You, you've you've Cheers. now got a lovely. You've got now got a lovely car, but you can't drive it. Yeah. What's the point? You know, it it's almost that that ridiculous. Um, Adam keeps going management training that actually teaches managers how to manage rather than sending them on courses, which they do reluctantly, but don't un <laughs> ever understand how to apply it in their responsibility as managers of people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That I mean, that you've got to have buy-in. The thing is, uh, and, and, and there's a, there's a problem actually in, in, in part of what you've written there, 
uh, sir, which is the word managers. I, I think the sooner we actually understand teams in businesses rather than managers and and subordinates is mm. the better for everybody. Um, and, it, you know, I, I love reading articles about businesses where what they've done is they've taken those hierarchical structures and their hierarchical names for people within the business and they've thrown them in the bin and everybody has a name that actually explains or a business title which actually explains what it is that they do within the business what their skill set yeah. is and what other people can come to them for as opposed to where they sit within the business you know because who cares you might you might be a ceo of a business you might be coo of business cio all these these little um abbreviations um but ultimately, what your worth is within that business is what you're what you're good at, you know, and ultimately what you're bad at as well. You know, so people understand what you're not you don't want to be involved in. Um, so, you know, I, I'd love to see more of that. I'd love to see uh, CEOs with creative titles um, where people on the outside, you're still going to be called a CEO because the, the big bad world understands that. But internally um i'd rather you know someone be seen as you know chief instigator of of you know social content or something you know yeah. uh there's a there's a great one graham um our friend um at um dave blooded posture people on linkedin has himself down as chief buyer of biscuits i'm sure is um is what he puts himself on LinkedIn. So again, sort of recognizing his um his his key key um function in his job is making sure everyone has biscuits. So um, yeah, uh, Dave down at Posture People uh, clearly recognizes where his uh, his strengths are. I know. I I saw that um, Guy Osmond had actually taken you know uh, taken him up on that this morning because he he yeah. had a big order in for chairs and he said, oh, you're, so you're now in charge of buying as well. I hope you can live up to that responsibility. Yeah, but yeah. I thought, which I thought was quite. <laughs> quite funny but ultimately you know, I, I think that he's right to do that there i think what he's saying is that he is you know he's he's picked something which is potentially quite lowly in terms of uh, uh you know a, a title there that he's in charge of the tea and biscuits but he what he's saying is i ultimately want to be part of the team you know i i don't want to be seen as this person that's above everybody i want to be seen as you know someone that will make the tea and biscuits um and i i think you know as as good leaders within business everybody needs to to find that way and maybe if maybe that's part of this with this whole dse and ergonomic side of things as well maybe if we start to find managers that would say how do i want to be treated within the business you know now that i have been working at home and i understand the rigors of it you know mm. wouldn't i want a, a, a decent assessment wouldn't i want you know if if it's right for me wouldn't i want a decent chair and a decent setup and a decent desk and decent lighting and everything else and if i want that for me don't don't i want that for all of my team yeah because the, this team are my family you know this is who i spend my working days with day in day out you know sad but true but we we you know quite often in business life we actually spend as much time or more time some of the time with the people that we work with than we do with our fa actual family so you know if you want to build a great team you need to build a great family yeah uh, uh you know that you work with and if it was if these were family members you wouldn't be you wouldn't be uh thinking oh it's okay just to you know here here's some money just just buy whatever rubbish you want because it that you know i'm not really interested in your health of course you'd be interested in their health yeah there you are look at that we've been on a bit of a soapbox again today which is which is great if if for next week if you've got a, so, a subject that you want us to tackle please do contact uh, me on linkedin uh Give me, give me something that you want to put into the show for next week, and Stephen and I will happily talk about that. If you want to appear 
on the show. Yeah. You think you've got something to say and you would like to join us. This is a this is a platform that you can come and join us on. So we'd happily have you up here to discuss something. Um, if, if you've got time next Wednesday at the same yeah. time, I believe we're doing, um, then do contact us again and we will happily send you the link so you can come and join us on the show. Now, before we go, the last health and well-being event on the 25th went really well. Um, so we've got another one coming up very shortly on the 25th of this month. Here's the yeah. poster for it. Uh, our first speaker announced uh, Fatima is coming to talk to us on executive nutrition. I know very little about nutrition, and that's why I said to her, we want to get you on. So if you want to get hold of uh, a ticket for that, you can head over to the website, www.abetterwayoflife.co.uk. It's down the bottom of the screen at the moment. Um, you click on the online events and you'll see the poster for that and it says book a ticket here so it's all absolutely free but anyone that's been to it will say it's a really great event um okay. at the end of the day we aim to learn from each other about different disciplines in the health and well-being sector so yes it's for ergonomists yes it's for physios yes it's for occupational health therapists managers of anybody staff wise nutritionists dietitians you name it, uh, if it's about health and well-being, we've probably got someone there that's represented. Um, by learning from each other, we can actually support staff better, and that's what it's all about. So thank you very much for joining me again, Stephen. Thanks uh, for that, yeah, and me. And we will see you all again next week. This will be available on Spotify for you to listen to at your leisure. And if you're already listening, you know that. So bye for now. Thanks. You've been listening to Wow Ergonomics, sponsored by Bacca Elkhuizen.